When you follow just about any industry long enough, things can get a bit cyclical. Tech is no different there and possibly one of the leading offenders. CES happens every January, Samsung shows ever larger phones early each year and folding ones later that year. And the next thing we know, it's time for another Black Friday sales spectacular. But every so often, any one of these brands are poised to throw out a curveball. And this week, Apple pulled exactly that. In a relative one-two punch of announcements, we went from a perfectly normal post-CES kind of week to new entries in the laptop, desktop, and smart home space straight to your ears from the Cupertino spaceship. Once we recovered from our shock, watched a couple infomercials, and poured over entirely too many spec sheets, we decided the only thing left to do was dissect each announcement for your listening <coughs> pleasure and see if we can whittle down to what really has been announced, is it any good, and frankly, most importantly, should you buy any of it? So sit back, load up your favorite benchmark tool, and let's talk our way through Apple surprise M2 Mac and HomePod announcements. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. And I'm Eric Sargent. And we are here. Uh, I, I can't believe... I guess it's funny because we were just talking about CES last week and yeah. how that's obviously a big product show and new stuff. But as we mentioned in that show, most of what we see at CES is at best coming later in Q1, yeah. later this year. Eric, my favorite one, coming soon. Coming soon like, in big air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. If it ever releases at all. This is, we're really on actually well behind now really gadget season as we normally know yeah, it. that's ramping up towards sure. yeah. towards the holidays um we're, we're now starting the cycle over again ces kicks off the new annual cycle for products that we'll see in the coming months getting into the back of the year for yet another holiday season and the the, the, the march of capitalism continues but um <laughs> to, no. to the to the imperial theme yes that's that's right um but what's interesting what we're here to talk about today is one that I will openly admit, even I am not as in tune with the rumor mill as I once was. And I'm simply going to call that a world in which I live that has less free time. Sure. Um, let's just yep. call it what it is. But normally I'm better than this. I'm just going to, and maybe actually was this much of a surprise to more people. I'm mostly looking at myself saying, how'd you miss this one? Because this wasn't just a big news week. This was a big gadget week in a really, yeah. really meaningful way. And it's stuff that's available basically now. now like some yeah, of the stuff we're going to talk about, you can order now a, and have on Tuesday. Yeah. It wasn't a coming soon. And no, no, so I have, I have my news feeds open during the day on my computer and I have some uh, Google alerts set up from Chrome for the technology alerts. Like they'll pop up yep. so and they'll stay on my screen until I click them off. So I'll, sometimes I'll catch stuff. This one came pretty, pretty out of left field. I mean, yeah. there was no... I mean, people were, this stuff's going to be coming soon. This stuff's going to be coming soon. Um, you know, looking at maybe quarter two, looking at maybe quarter three, people were, they were making all these guesses about when it was going to happen. I don't think anybody had it down on their spreadsheet that it was going to be this week. So right. it was the, it was the, so, um, the keynote without a keynote that we had. That, that's it. So I guess we should go and, you know, unveil what quote unquote this is. Yeah. Um, we're here to talk about primarily a slew of Apple announcements this week. Yeah. What, I, across four, big four? swaths of yeah or yeah for at least so four we're talking ones, yeah. mac mac laptops desktops and a big chunk of their smart home and we're gonna yep. we're, we're gonna take more detail take them in stride but before we get into the products themselves again i'm not going to belabor the whole show on this but 
it's not that Apple never does this. I mean, they don't hold a keynote for every single product. A, just no. Why? Especially as in-person events are getting more back into the norm. I think it was easier to do something flashier high COVID when sure. the, like the whole infomercial launch was really in yeah. full swing. And that was just kind of how we did things. Um, in-person events, I mean, to touch outside of Apple, we know here in just a few weeks, we're going to be talking about the Samsung Unpacked event. Yep. That's their first in-person in- Unpacked in, I think, three years, at least two. So uh, for that, so it's not unheard of or even uncommon historically for Apple to do these, what I more prefer to think about as press release style, you know, Apple is very excited to announce blah, blah, blah. And then here's a new device. What stood out for me on this one was the quantity of product verticals it touched. Like I said, we're talking laptops, desktops, and the smart home. Those are three tentpole categories for Apple. And right. And and, down. And as you said, I mean, normally, we don't get announcements for everything, but no. normally we get announcements at least for the computer side of things like the home right. side of things. Maybe not like if they're announcing a new Apple TV, maybe not sometimes even the watch, you know, if they just do a bump on the watch, you're not going to get a big announcement on that. But like at least like laptops and desktops, you normally get as part of a bigger announcement recently. Well, okay. To add a little bit more flavor. And I promise we will get down to the products themselves here in a minute, but you're, you're right recently and and what i mean by that is in the in the m era because the m devices have been so new and noteworthy because mostly to date they've been a new entry in each of their categories the first couple m computers were the first couple m computers they were brand new in that way the next m devices were form factor changes that 14 and 16 inch macbook Mm, pro like that was a form factor the m2 macbook air that was a form factor change those were all event worthy when i think about 10 years ago plus, and even more recently than that, basically every 12 to 18 months, Intel would get off their butt. They'd release insert chip here that Apple's been knocking on their door for six to nine months waiting on. They'd finally get it. They'd get it into products. And we would all wake up one morning to the Apple store website being down because a refresh of the 13 inch MacBook Pro was going to take place and it was going to bring with it a new clock speed, a bump in battery life, and, you know, maybe a couple screen changes. Like there was a, there was a time period there pre M where that was kind of year in and year out with Apple computers. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. I guess we, I wasn't buying them at that point. So I wasn't right, paying attention right. as much maybe. Yeah. No. And, and that was, I mean, we referenced in a recent episode about how there was that, I'm going to use a round number and call it that decade where the Mac as we know, it had fallen much to the wayside. And we now know, I mean, it was always suspected that Intel and the chip industrial complex was a big reason for that. Yeah. Apple could have invested more in new form factors, other things like that. But at the end of the day, what really, I think, kind of pushed them to just quadruple down on all things iPhone and iPad was the knowledge that plowing forward, that was A, call it what it is, going back to capitalism, printing them money. Yeah. Uh, hand over fist, but it also literally paved the road for what we now know as these M series chips that have now catalyzed the the reinvigoration of the Mac as we know it. I mean, it's made huge strides. So yeah. So, I mean, I guess the first, the first announcement that came out was the 14 and 16 inch 
MacBook Pros. Ma- re- Ma- MacBook Pros. So um, anyone who listens knows Eric and I each have um, two different product price points of the now last generation M1 yep. MacBook Pros. Um, those were the first of those new form factors we talked about. So going in the hard to believe it's genuinely way back machine now. It's been a couple of years pretty it much. Yeah. Um, the first M devices were those 13-inch MacBook Pros and Airs. Um, but they were literally, they took the existing chassis, dropped M series processors, and guess what? That still made them some of the best computers I had ever used. Yeah, I mean, but that, when, that Air was the first one that I got, and it was revolutionary for my computing anyway so but when when the first form factor change came in these 14 and 16 inch pros that was my opinion the beginning of this generation the new generation of the mac like really meaningfully these were devices they brought these incredible mini led displays really great battery life incredible performance all in a form factor that I mean, I never once choked about taking with me anywhere. Now, I also then got an M2 Air later down the road because, A, I'm just obsessed with these things and that's just what I do. Um, But also that that was meaningful in a whole different way. You lost some horsepower, but you got incredible portability, even better battery life. Very, very, very few compromises Mm -hmm. for a really, really incredible experience. So the question was, what would happen when some of that came to the big boy max? So the going back to those 14 and 16 inch devices and what we got was no form factor change, which is not surprising. Yeah, Apple, brand new. Does, yeah. Yeah, Apple does not change form factors every device or, or even every few devices. We know this from the iPhone. We know this from the iPad. We know this from the Mac going back decades. Yep. They just, they are, they've never been the company except for with the iPod. The iPod right. was the exception where it was literally part of the playbook. You change the color, you change the shape, you're going to sell them again at Christmas. Yep. Other than that, they've never been the it's much more common in the broader laptop industry, especially to change some physical feature of the device and then throw a new processor in it and call it that year's model. That's not always been the case or rarely have ever been the case with the Mac as we know it. So what we got was the same form factor, but the grown up versions of the M2 chip. And again, if you've been listening along when the M2 air came out, which was the believe, yeah, the only M2 device we've gotten to date. Mm -hmm. Um, the chip wasn't the star. We said as much on the show, like it was a, that was a form factor change. That mm-hmm. was the first form factor change to the air in a while. And it was a meaningful one. It yeah. really, and that is a really special, good. yeah, that is a special device to me. Um, it's one that I will, unless they mess it up down the road, I will never not have an air in my arsenal because that is my go everywhere computer period. Right. There's no, I continue to believe that is back to being the laptop for everyone. Um, even though the one that you should get is over that magical thousand dollar price point, yeah, has there a is, yeah. you'd have a hard time finding a computer sub $1,500 that I would recommend before that one um, right. for the overwhelming majority of people. But back to these, these are the next round of devices with this new M2 chip in it. But this is a very different story because while the M2 itself wasn't the story of the air, this is the polar opposite. This was a full-blown chip upgrade with almost no other changes to the platform, to the physical platform itself. Right. So w- the question you and I had been talking about for really a few months now, we have, we have, we predicted this is how as Siri chimes in, um, <laughs> we, we predicted this is how it would go. Neither you or I expected a form factor change here and right. I'm not surprised that we were right in this one case. 
what we then got to, if there was no form factor change and a chip change was all we got, what based on what we knew from the M, M1 to M2 air swap out, would this bring enough to, for people to say, huh, is it time for a new computer? And the short version is, if you're sitting on one of those M1 14 or 16 inch pros, probably not. Yeah, not, I mean, unless, unless you found yourself suddenly editing multi-stream video, like something very intensive. Yeah. We're going to get into some niche cases where, yeah, if you're looking to step up your performance, that's different. If you were, if you had gotten a launch day, 14 inch pro, I'm going to describe myself. I got a 14 inch launch day pro because I had, did not have an air yet at the time. And I was re- you remember, I was really laboring the 14 versus 16 inch yep. move. And what pushed me 14 was, and that moment that was going to be a go everywhere device for yep. me. And the thought of, especially at that particular moment for me, the thought of carrying that 16 inch around was just a little bit more than I wanted to take on for what I figured was going to be a year plus. And that's almost exactly what it ended up being. Yeah. Um, I'm very happy with that decision. Since I had gotten the air. I every time I saw one of those 16 inch pros, I'd be like, that would be really great to edit the yeah, show on. That'd be, be really nice great for editing on. photos. Yeah. It'd be really great for when I'm doing certain parts of, you know, my again, air quotes, day job that really screen real estate. I'm not, I'm not a creative, I'm not in that kind of use, but there are parts of my job and yours too, where, where yep. screen real estate space, does yeah. play a factor. So I really, as I've now almost never carried the my pro around the benefits of that 16 inch already had me tempted, but we were then well over a year into that product. I am at least disciplined enough to know that was not the right time to go out. And there was no way to net net change that out. I was going to be spending dollars to make that change. And it was too late in the cycle to make, to, to spend those dollars and be able to justify it. So here and now for me, I'm like, okay, now I'm, I'm in, I'm in that case where I wanted a larger footprint. I wanted a larger screen and now I'm getting a new chip out of it. So that, you know, as we play the justification game on the show all the time. Yeah. Now it suddenly starts to make more sense. So going back to who should buy it, if you are sitting on, I mean, let's say if you are a professional, especially sitting on an Intel MacBook. Oh yeah. Just, just, just go, just, just. Yeah. Hit pause, yeah. get in your car. If you're driving, pull off at Best Buy or an Apple store. I I, I do mean it. Like, I guess you can't because they're not on the shelf yet. But if if you've been holding out for some reason, like, hey, I'm just not a first gen Apple person. I always wait for the second one, whatever have you. My God, just now's just, just go. Now's yeah. the time. Because the M1s were amazing. And we're now, already like, great and still like, are yeah. amazing. Yeah. If it weren't for the fact that I was already looking at a bigger screen for that particular device in my lineup, this would not have been a worthwhile upgrade for me. Right. But so if you're either looking at a form factor change, this is a great time to do it because it's top of the cycle. And while trade-in prices have definitely declined as demand for the chips on recycle has gone down as the market starts to equalize a little bit, um, just insider, you know, mine is a base level 14-inch pro. And you can still get, you know, just under $1,000 in trade-in for those towards right. a, a new M2 MacBook Pro. So that's, you know... It's not the best, you know, dollars back I've seen, you know, there for a while you could get insane trade-in dollars yeah. across the spectrum just because the demand for those raw materials chips and so chips bad. was so yeah. high. Um, that started to cool off, but still, you've got some trade-in value um, if that's something you're looking to do. Or if you're in a position where you maybe bought that 14 or 16-inch Pro, but you went for the Pro M1 chip versus the Max, and if yours happens to be a workload where you're maybe 
again, this is not me, so I can't speak to it intelligently. But if you're someone who's truly doing a workload where the pro level chip is what's holding you back and you're looking longingly at that, you know, double sized GPU on the max, Eric, you, you were letting, you were updating me earlier today. Yeah. Some of the benchmarks are starting to roll in for these. And there's, there's a story to be had there on the power of some of these chips. Yeah. The, the CPU side of things, it's about a, it's between a 20 and 30% jump on the CPU side, which is not insignificant, but on its own, not necessarily enough to get me to jump. It's, um, it's not the going to M1 from Intel right. experience. You're not yeah. going to have that moment with this at all. But on the, uh, but on the graphics side, between the M1 Pro and the M1 Max and then their M2 versions, the, the numbers are pretty significant on the GPU side. Um, the... M2 Max, the the score that they're using is a is a Geekbench score, you know, hitting metal, which is the, you know the, the and this base was layer. I credit where it's due. This was I think a Mac Rumors article, right? That it is Mac Rumors. Yep, yeah, yeah. So yep. um, so they um, they ran this the thing, and so the the M1 Ultra is like the ultimate GPU chip for Apple. It's so the the biggest one yep. that they offer right now with the, with the M series because they don't have an M2 version of it. That one has a a ninety four thousand. 500 let's just call this a little bit more than that but it's sure. right around there 94,500 and now the m2 max chip gets 86,800 so you're you're within 8,000 points on that scale when you get an m2 max of having basically a, a four thousand dollar computer uh, ultra computer i mean it's 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 insane yeah. the performance you're getting it, out of the m2 it, max it's it's within eight percent yeah, within eight percent. In eight percent. So to put that, you know, in general perspective, that's just for those that haven't, you know, because I will say the M, the M lineup is now mature enough, but also there's enough devices at enough SKUs that keeping track of it is not yeah. quite like AMD processor lineup bad, but it's still hard to keep track of sure. sometimes. So to, to line that up for people, correct me if I'm wrong, Eric. The only way to get your hands on an M1 ultra today is mm -hmm. the mac studio that's Correct. the only device with the cooling and what and the support to get that chip there's Correct. no like and we'll touch on some updates to the mac mini but i but to date the m1 ultra has only been available in the studio the baseline studio that has an m1 ultra chi chip in it is four thousand dollars it, that that is right. that is the true for professionals. That is as many people I know have called it. It's it's the currently the Mac Pro by another name. If you right. were a Mac Pro person and you needed to get into the and you were in a place to get into M line, this was the this was the the, the current Pro. I, we all believe Apple is working on something in that space. But for what you can buy today, this is that ultra chipped um, Mac Studio is effectively their Mac Pro that's currently available. Yep in the M series. So that's $4,000 to start. Now you do get several, you get the terabyte of SSD, which mm -hmm. you get 64 gigs of Ram. Okay. And a lot of cores, but still at $4,000 to compare that. So an 8% benefit at $4,000 compared to looking at the MacBook pros, a, I'm just going to pick on the 16 inch, the 16 inch M2 max. So again, that's a max chip, not an ultra, but right. it's with an 8% of that performance score. With the mini LED display, with now it has 32 gigs of RAM, not 64. It's still got one terabyte of storage and not quite as many GPU cores, but in yeah. raw performance numbers, an 8% difference is $3,500. So it's $500 cheaper with a big battery, with great battery life. And an, I mean, just if, if I keep bringing up the display on these, on these current gen MacBook Pros, it's because everyone knows I'm a display person. Like I don't, 
if I'm going to invest this kind of money in the technology, my eyeballs are doing a big part of the work. And yep. I want, like, I want that part of the experience. And those continue to be some of the best displays on any device I own or have used. Um, so I don't want to discount that at that part of the $3,500 outlay, which is a lot of money for a laptop, but we're not right. talking about something for a senior in college. Like this yeah. is for a bona fide professional who's doing a job. Like this is, this is beyond me. I don't do work that needs this chip. Like I'm, if I'm going 16 inch, I'm safely down in that pro territory. And even then I'm never going to scratch the surface, but look by the numbers, the fact that that M2 Max is bringing that kind of horsepower at a cheaper price point than the cheapest M M1 Ultra you can get into, that tells me two things. If you're in that professional space, I mean, this is never... I'm saying this tongue in cheek because it is Apple. That's bordering on a value in Apple yeah, land. Sure. That's bordering yeah. on a value. But also, holy cow, when that M2 Ultra comes around... Oh, it's going to be, I mean, if it follows suit with what, you know, what you're looking at there, you know, that between, I mean, it's going to, it's going to be over a hundred thousand on the Geekbench score for GPU, like well over a hundred thousand, which is, is nuts. And, um, yeah. And, and I guess to circle back around to it. So like if you're, you were talking about, if you're in a, you know, you're in the M one pro, you know, and you were thinking maybe of going up form factor, like you were the the gpu performance is more than double it goes from the the m1 pro that you have gets a 39700 on the geekbench score and the m2 max gets an 86800 so Jeez. i mean if that that's a significant jump in performance so yeah. i mean you know and you got and you have to spend the dollars to get it again right, we're not course, making like yeah. this is apple's pro lineup this stuff is pricey but i also again you and i were kind of chatting about because again me and my laptop problems we were talking about going back to our CES episode last week about um, the razor blade announcements and razor yeah. in the PC space is, you know, you know, half jokingly called the Apple of the PC, PC space for a lot of reasons. A, they do make great hardware. It's well put together. Again, I'm a big fan of that, of that label. Um, but much like Apple, they also charge for it. Um, yeah. I fully expect these, you know, the, fully kitted out 16 and 18 inch razor blades they announced to be in this same three to four thousand dollar price range these are top tier premium kits so it's not it's not so outlandish as it sounds when we're talking about devices in this category that's i mean to draw a kind of ridiculous comparison but it's the one i'm going to go with that's like saying you know, an Aston Martin DB11 is expensive. Well, yes, it is very expensive. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Right. But it's an Aston Martin DB11. Like you didn't walk in expecting a cheap car. Pay yeah. 60 grand. Like, no, like you but, walked in knowing what you were going to be shopping for. And if you didn't, go next door. Right. Yeah. And, and the thing is about the, the, the thing I'm wondering about the Razors is they're, they're going to have the advantage here because now the Macs have come out before theirs have released before they've even released the prices for their pricing and they know they're in the same competition yep. with them so they could definitely lower their price point a little bit to make it more attractive to people who are on the fence between the two they could i don't, I don't know that razors ever worried about playing that game too much because again yeah. they know the position they're in and they also know at the end of the day I, I do know professionals in the field that also really like razor stuff but for the most part they are being that's less for the pro like content creators and more for the i'm a professional or not i'm either a professional gamer or just a gamer with a lot of money right um, of which i am neither and uh, <laughs> i'm looking to spend four thousand dollars on a crazy gaming laptop but back to the back as it were haha um 
like this. That's on the laptop side. So it was yeah. the 14 and 16 inch carrying those M2 Pros and Maxes. That in and of itself, I thought was, you know, pr- pretty incredible overall announcement because I kind of expected this one to be more of a yawn because we agreed there wasn't going to be a form factor change and there wasn't. And the M2, as we said, was not the reason or the banner feature to go get the new MacBook Air. So I'm like, okay, if that's all we get, these pros, cool. I, remembering yeah. that these are their pro devices, there's definitely something to be had here. Definitely, like w- again, without doubt for the professionals out there that are maybe still holding on to an Intel Mac. Yeah. Less so if you're sitting on a well-specced M1 grade device in this 14 or 16 inch pro. Also, unless did you jump into M with quote unquote, just because they're still great computers, the M1 Air or even the 13 inch M1 Pro. M1 Pro, yeah. Then even more so, it's like, okay, maybe you grabbed that 13 inch M1 Pro. I had one phenomenal computer. The day I put it, I remember because they, they overlapped a bit, the day my 14 inch arrived, Actually, I think you said this, Eric. It was amazing how antiquated it made the 13-inch look. Yes. It made that computer suddenly go from what a great computer to it looked 10 years old. Yes. Yeah, and it because it, you know, the form factor is that it old. Was. It's been that yeah. long since they changed the form factor. And and it's the same boat with the uh with the M1 Air going to the M2. Yeah. Because they kind of followed suit with the form factor. It's they a smaller did. version of that pro chassis. And, yeah. and it's really, really nice. And it has a thinner bezel on the bottom as well. So it's easier to rest yeah. your your hands on it and everything when you're typing. It's they're really good computers and the form factor change is significant once you see them side by side. When when all we yeah. had was the M1 13 inch air, it, it was fine, yeah. you know, because it's what it was. But they they when they changed that form factor, yeah, they all looked antiquated after that. Yeah. Oh, so that was laptops and boy, howdy, yeah. we're not done yet. Cause nope. next up and possibly, I mean, weirdly for me, this was one of the, this was the more anticipated of the updates because I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the Mac mini. Like it was just, it's yeah. all, I even remember like, again, more than 10 years ago, I just did those Intel Mac minis were, I always loved to find reasons to use them. They're just, yeah. I just always thought they were a great form factor, great computer. Um, and still then have M1, one as a Plex server. Right. Yeah, and then M1 turned M1 turned that up to 11. Mm-hmm. It was going to be much the same. I was I was more on the fence as to whether or not this would get any kind of form fact meaningful form factor update just because the studio frankly looks so cool. Mm-hmm. Um and you know cuz the studio both the studio does this weird thing where it simultaneously does – you can obviously tell it came from the same minds as the Mac Mini. There's a lineage between the Mac Mini yes. and the studio, but the studio still looks more modern. There's just something about the design where they – Yeah, it's they, the tapering they, that they did on the bottom I with the so. air vents and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, you can definitely see it. So I was more on the fence. Would we get any kind of studio – Ness out of this, mm. you know, mini update, and we didn't just get that no, out of the way. This exactly was exactly the same, same yeah. ex- ex- for all intents and purposes, exactly the same. Um, some ports got added in some of the tiers we'll talk about, but other than that, more or less the same. Um, so what did we get? We got this M2 update. Um, now the pro laptops, of course, start at the M2 Pro, and then you have the option for the M2 Max. The Mac mini because the studio exists is a step down in their tier in that you start with the M2, which Mm -hmm. everyone knows well from the, from the M2 air. But what's new here is the ability to step up into the M2 pro. And that makes things interesting. Um, But before we get there, I just want to touch on the entry level first, not as exciting again, because really the change was 
here's an M2 where there used to be an yep. M1. Yeah, baseline. Um, yep. And much like the air, very little change. It's a step forward, but it's not going to meaningfully change your experience. If you're rocking an entry-level M1 Mini, unless you're looking to also spec up, there's no reason to make a change here. Right. But my same example also holds true. If you are holding on to an Intel Mac Mini, pause the show or pull over right. to the nearest Best Buy and go buy an M1 or M2 Mac Mini. Seriously, probably one of the best values out there is going to be probably what you can maybe pick up an M1 Mac Mini for in the coming weeks if you can score one cheap enough because those continue to be amazing computers. Yes. And now they're going to be just cheap as dirt. But speaking of price, the thing that blew me away was the M2, just vanilla M2 Mac Mini with 8 gigs of memory and 256 gigs of, of SSD storage. That is... That falls right in line, short of maybe the, the the RAM. I prefer to tell people to get 16 gigs of RAM anymore, yeah. but I think yep. that's more coming from a window sensibility. There's yeah. a lot of people that can get by just fine on 8 gigs of RAM in, in, in a Mac OS world. There just I mean, is. On, and to put it in perspective, on my 13-inch M1 MacBook Air that I had, no fan in that one, and there's a fan right. in this one, which means it's not going to throttle thermally the same way that mine did. I, I was able to um, do... Photoshop editing on large raw files with no hesitation. It processed yep. no problem. I never ran into a hiccup, never ran into a RAM issue. And I was able to edit 4K video on it. Again, without a problem, the only thing that happened was if you tried to scroll fast through the timeline, it would start yep. to stutter because it needed to load things from RAM and it would, it would stutter and, and, and lag a little bit as it loaded up the frames and everything. Again, it wasn't detrimental. You could still get the work done. You just had to pause and wait for a couple of minutes, which, yep. holy cow, are you spoiled when you realize that's the only thing holding you back is a little bit of stuttering as you scroll through the timeline. On that grade of machine. On that grade yeah. of machine. You know, so, so yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, this one won't have that experience as bad because I was probably thermally throttling right there. Before that's what was else. happening. So, yeah. you know, with this, with a, with a fan like this has for the cooling, it's probably not going to run into that issue as much. So to put all that in perspective... All that was happening on a $1,000 computer. These Mac minis, again, no screen, no battery. So this is this is going the other direction. You're not getting some of these features. But right. you're getting all that at a starting price of $599. Yeah. And I, and I went out and looked because, you know, I was curious. So mm -hmm. I went out and the only computer, and, and we use, I'm just going to throw their name out, not a sponsor, Dell, a lot, you know, in our workspace. In our workspace. Yep. And so I went out and looked at their kind of work grade mini computers that are kind of along the same lines as this the small super small form factor microcomputers that they have the only one that comes close to this price point is a thin client that runs a thin client os it doesn't even have full windows running on it when you get up when you get to the full version of windows it's an i3 processor which has four cores if you're lucky and this one yeah. and this baseline one has eight cores eight. um yep. and you know so you're you're doubling your cores and and doubling the RAM. The RAM was was only four, four gigs, gigs on that one. Yep. And it was and it was still over six hundred dollars. It was six forty nine or something like that for that one. So for yeah. for once, I can legitimately say this is a good value. It's a Not value just for Apple. This is yep. a good value was, in a computer. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm not, I mean, earlier I was being tongue in cheek here. I, 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 exactly. I was saying, going back to the air kind of being for me, the laptop for everyone, Yeah. which most people are in a laptop place anymore. The desktop doesn't have the same place it did, you know, yeah. 10 plus years ago. But if you're in a place where a desktop is what you're looking for, I'd have a hard time recommending anything else. And we're near this price point. Yeah. And then 
it starts to get murkier when you start tearing up from there because Apple sure. just continues to be very proud of their RAM and storage upgrades. Just oh, yeah. yep. that we're not, we're not here to interrogate that today, but it <laughs> will happen at some point. Um, but going back to tearing up, that's at that entry level M2 point where I said things get interesting is when you get to this new M2 pro Mac mini. Mm-hmm. So starting price of $1,299, you're getting a Pro Series processor. So going back to what we were talking about the laptops, that's the entry grade of the 14 and 16-inch MacBook Pros that, mind you, start at $2,000. So this starts at $1,299. You're getting that M2 Pro at 10-core CPU, 16-core GPUs. I don't know if the core counts are quite the same, but um, if, if it's the identical M2 Pro that's in those entry-level uh, mm-hmm. MacBooks or not. But you're getting 16 gigs of memory, 512 storage. I mean, now we're at the point where I would comfortably say, even in a commercial space, this checks off all of my boxes for what I would tell someone to get for the average run-of-the-mill, like not even run-of-the-mill, up to power user level. So not person who's editing 8K video and stuff like that, right. but I mean, up to power user level stuff. Yeah. All those specs check the box. And even going back to your Dell example, you're getting safely up into this territory when we start specking, you know, top of the line, Optiplex, what, 7,000 series yep. with, you know, you know, Core i7. When we start going down the line, it's really interesting, interesting to st- see where from that perspective, and again, please don't email me. I know you can't upgrade the parts. I know you can't put in your own GPU. I know I I'm aware that that is when we talk about our day job, that's the part we do. I'm aware, but it's still fascinating to me that for one of the first times in my career, anyway, from a entry, from a, to when you plunk down the credit card and buy the device, these Apple devices are in the same conversation as, as some standout parts of the competition. That's new. That has not been that case anytime in my recollection. Um, and especially when we're talking about the, the dramatic raw horsepower you're getting for your dollar, because I'm going to tell you right now, we've mentioned the Optiplex computer that you, that we sent you up for work. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was almost to the penny 1299. I remember ordering it. And there is no universe where you can compare the performance of that computer to that M2 Pro Mac Mini. Not in any way. No they're, way. They're, they're simply not comparable. No, nope. there's, there's, there's no way. I mean, I, I, I use the thing every day. And I mean, it's a, it's a great computer. It gets the job done for me. But there's definitely, I can definitely see, my, and I remember because I had this computer when I got it. When I got my, M, my M1 Air. Um, yep. Air it ran circles around this computer and it was a base level M one chip with only eight gigs of Ram. This computer has 16, you know, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So to circle back on what you were saying before the baseline 14 inch MacBook pro yeah. has the 10 core, 16 core. Okay. So it is literally the same chip. I couldn't remember right. if core for and, core, if they were yeah. or not. And, okay. and if you go like on the, on the Mac mini, the pro Mac mini, if you go up, there, if you go into the Mac Pro version, you can customize it and bump it up to the next level of chip, which is the one that comes in the higher level 14 okay, inch. Okay, there's the, the 12 core, 19 inch. core. Yeah, okay. 12 core. And yeah. I don't get the 19 core thing. They, they're just binning one, I guess, or something. But it's, it's right. you know. <laughs> it's what, it must, I'm sure it ties out to yields or something yeah, like something that. Something like that. But. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. So you are getting, like, you have the ability to bump up to $300 more on the mini to go up to the the 19 core GPU 
and a 12 core yeah. CPU, by the way, also not a 10 core, a 12 core right. CPU, 19 core GPU. So, I mean, it's, uh, no, so and what I said more about being interesting, I didn't mean in the context of, oh, if you're on the fence between two computers, it's very unlikely you're on the fence between a Dell Optiplex and a Mac Mini. Again, right. I'm aware. Yeah. Um, you're If you're looking for the Optiplex, it's because you're in a Windows world. If you're looking for the Mac Mini, it's because you're in a Mac world. Like The consumers are few and far between who are, going back to our favorite example, standing in the Best Buy, holding a dell in one hand or an hp or an acer or whatever and a mac in the other that's most people walked in knowing which one they were the yeah. at least brand wise or platform wise they walked in knowing which one they were there to get so what i meant by getting interesting is it gets interesting for this m2 pro mac mini and how it relates to the studio the studio that's available yeah. right now yes because you're looking at this you know, $1299 starting point for the Pro versus a $1999 starting point for the base level um, M1 Max mm-hmm. studio. Um, but what, my, what I'm curious of, and we're going to have to see some real world usage of, just like we were talking about how the M2 Max is knocking on that M1 Ultra performance point. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say the M2 Pro is probably doing something very similar with the perf- knocking on the performance door of the M1 Max. Um, even because I mean, just going raw by the numbers on the box, it's, um, let me talk about, so it's 10 core to 10 core. Yep. So the CPUs are the same number of cores. Yep. The GPUs are, again, much like our example earlier, close. It's 16 core GPU versus 24. So there's a, there's a disparate mm-hmm. GPU difference between the two. Neural, and then we get a neural engine and memory bandwidth sure. and all of that. There's other things there, but they are in that realm. And it just, it just, it tells me that if you were going back to my, if you're sitting on a top of the line, Intel Mac mini. Cause I know a lot of people that did those, they would just trick out these Mac minis, put a great monitor on them. And that was their production workstation. Right. Or if you had picked up a top of the line Intel iMac, that was another one because the iMac, it was suspiciously missing from all this. Yep. And I don't, I'm not wholly sure what Apple's doing with the iMac. Hopefully we're going to see it later this year yeah. because we should be seeing at least these pro level chips in a bigger screen size. I'm, I want to see the return of that 27 inch plus display. Yeah, the the um, rumor mill. And again, take it with a grain yeah. of salt. They're saying that it's likely we're not going to see um, an iMac refresh until the M3. They're just going to right. hold off and put it out as, the, as like the baseline M3 and then probably do an M3 pro version Could of be. it then. Yeah, could be, but so, but for these, but for these desktops, going back to what we do have, um, that it just it feels to me like at twelve ninety nine, that kind of like how I called the M two Air that laptop for everyone. Yeah, this is not necessarily for everyone, but if you're in that, if you're in the pro space, but it just feels like man, two grand for all this headroom that I'm never going to use. We were talking about this in context of me the other day. I've been how I've been tempted for ages to get a, a studio is for my desktop here at the office, mm-hmm. but I couldn't ever justify it. And anyone who listens to this show knows I can justify almost anything if I spend five minutes on it. But I just I could never get there. It was too much of a spend. There was no part of my job that required it. But to then go to the M1 Mac Mini, I never felt like I always felt like that I would hit the top limit of that. I yeah. use very large, very high resolution displays. We do quite a bit of heavy lifting, especially on the CPU side here. Like I felt mm-hmm. like that was going to hurt. This, this is one of the best expressions recently I've seen of Apple flushing out the middle ground. 
Like, yeah. I no longer have to be like, I know this Mac mini is not going to get it done. So now I've got to back into a $2,000 studio that is just a complete and utter 40% of that's a waste of my waste. money. Yep. This hits that middle ground in a way that I'm really excited about, both for myself, selfishly, but for a lot of other people where those dollars are better spent getting more resource, upgrading your peripherals. I mean, you know, this is a pro sense. There's a lot more to it than just the raw horsepower and you can increase your overall experience by read. If you're going to spend the same redirecting those dollars other than into headspace or, you know, headroom that you're never going to tap from right. a computer perspective. Yeah. So anything else you had on the Mac mini side of things to tack on there? No, it's just that. And again, like, you know, because I have the, the, m1 max in my 14 inch pro I, i'm not i'm not going to get one i'm likely going to hold no. off until the m3 or m4 when i do when i do a laptop refresh because i think i've right. still got a lot of use for this system but um i need a new mac mini and and honestly the the base level mac to the you know the eight core 10 core is fine for me i would bump up the ram yep. and and bump up the storage i'm i'm still looking at likely you know just over a thousand dollars or a little bit under for a computer that can likely run circles around anything yep. that I could throw at it. Um, you know, I'd, I'd use it, you know, podcast hooked up to my, my podcast station and as well as like photo editing yep. and things like that, you know, when I'm sitting down to do it, that kind of thing. And, and I don't think I could throw anything at this that would hiccup. So, yeah, no, I would imagine not. So that was kind of our, you know, run through of all things, the Mac. And yeah. again, for a week of no keynote, like, it's really even kind of a weird time of year, right on the heels of CES, so on and so forth. Right after the that, holidays, that, that, yeah. That would that would normally have been enough, but no. Yeah, and this um, one, and this next one was yeah, unexpected. Complete. I mean, everybody Completely was out of, talking me, at least about computers. You know, they That's will event. They know will eventually do like this piece of equipment. I was not expecting at all. Nope, not 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 at all. Um, so what we got literally the next day. So it wasn't even yeah. part of the same announcement or the same press release. The next day, um, completely out of left field for me, we get a the announcement of a refreshed HomePod. Not the HomePod Mini. This is the full the size, yeah. the, the big in, as they say. Um, since discontinued, the previous generation, and I don't mean when this yep. one came out. Like It's been a while now. The, the HomePod Mini was the only HomePod you could buy new from Apple for some time now. The original HomePod launched back, and I think it was 2018 or somewhere thereabouts, um, for $350. And that was part of what torpedoed it out of the gate was it was so much Very more expensive, expensive than the yeah. competition. Great sound. I have three of them. I got them after the fact at, you know, Very discounted, yeah. deeply discounted yeah. prices. But um, they sound great, but they didn't sound great enough to justify several times what the average competition was was because uh, you had a lot of people that were stuck in one or two places either wanted to go much cheaper and just blanket their house and smart speakers for smart home reasons i.e you know um amazon or, or some google product or they were looking for true purpose-built music devices and you were probably looking at sonos or even a step above and beyond that yeah so it hit a really weird place that um I don't know. It just didn't work for a lot of people. So that, that was kind of a, the, the, that original home pod was a weird position for people. The mini upended that in a big way. And that's why it was still for sale. It was much less expensive, sounded 
decent, especially if you got a few yeah. of them and put them in stereo pairs. Again, my usage case for them was I did just blanket the house and the minis and I do use, I use the Sonos for music and the minis for my, for my Apple home setup. Um, and the home pods I do have were left over from the intermediary years. Again, I backed right. in just a deal where I was able to get three of them gosh darn near three for the price of one. And I'm like, okay, great. And that was my entry point into Apple home years back. Um, and they still worked fine. So they're yeah. just, they're basically glorified series speakers and they, they play music in some rooms where I don't happen to have Sonos life moved on. Um, these are compelling in a few ways, more or less the same form factor. They're a little bit smaller, a little bit lighter. Yep. I mean, very, very minorly. Um, I'd be curious, this might be in the same realm as what we were talking about last week with like, to tell the difference, maybe you'd have to put them side by side and literally yeah. listen to A-B tests. And you would, yeah. They removed, like, I think they went from, like, they went from seven to five mainline speakers. Like, they, they did. Correct. Yep. They, there were some changes on the inside. hardware going on there. Yep. And um, and the other thing was, the, the other weird thing, just to throw out the specs and everything while we're talking about it, was, yes, they went, they, the number of speakers decreased. Um, they're 200 grams lighter, and it's no longer using an iPhone chip. It doesn't use the A8 chip anymore or any of the A series chips. It actually uses an S chip from Oh, the, interesting. Uses an Apple Watch S7 chip in it. I can see that. So, I mean cuz you know, the way they've increased the power on those it probably can handle all of the audio stuff yep. that it needs to be. And doesn't carry over the headroom equipment that they right. just simply are never going to use yeah, on that exactly. device. So, that that was kind of an interesting move. The price point's 299, so yes, appreciably, you know, not noticeably down from the launch price of its predecessor. But Apple also did a very rare, like they walked back their asking price of the HomePod before it got discontinued. So it is the same price as the HomePod was right. the last time it was commercially available on sale. So oh, I'm sorry, for sale, not on sale, English. Um, anyway, um, so 299, which still puts it easily on the upper end of the competition, but appreciably better sound, more features of functionality. Apple home in general tends to be more expensive than home kit devices, even third parties to be more expensive than their direct competition from the other platforms. So it's, if, again, if you're just looking for smart speakers, you're already going out and getting HomePod minis anyway. Right. Yeah, you're exactly. buying these if you're looking for a all-in-one integrated sound and audio solution. So I can get over that part. Um, brings with it some this is where, again, things get interesting because it brings with it hardware and features that also yeah. translate into features being lit up in the home pods that we've known collectively were there since launch, but have never been used. That's temperature and humidity sensors. Yeah, I find, it's very odd that they didn't turn. I mean, I, my my suspicion and we, we pre-potted about this a little bit, but my suspicion was that they had those in there, but there was something in the programming of their their home kit software that wasn't right. quite ready to use it yet. And they just turned it off and said, yeah. you know what, we're not going to turn them on, even though they developed it. They're like, we're going to wait. And then they did the whole matter thing. They were probably right in the middle of designing matter and working the with all the partners and matter. For matter. And they were yeah. like, we're just going to wait till matter is fully fleshed out and then we'll do it. And, and, well, and now they have. Well, let's, well, yeah, let's, let's pick on, um, temperature and humidity for a second. Obviously those are going to have some of the most direct impact for using them as things that can inform your HVAC system. 
Well, right. if HomeKit can't talk to your HVAC system, then what good is it? And there frankly weren't that many thermostats and whatnot out there that were right. HomeKit compatible. They were That's mostly true. Amazon and Google. Let's just pick on Nest for a second. Um, now with Matter, don't get me started on the fact they're not walking back to previous generation ones, but the next generation of Nest thermostats will be Matter compliant, which means we'll mm. be able to talk to HomeKit. So now these HomePods now full size or because they're lighting up the features in the in the minis you probably already have we'll be able to talk to nest and inform it when temperature or humidity gets you know to a certain point so i can see you're right i i would imagine matter is what mattered and i know it's the most tortured pun <laughs> in tech today um I, I do believe that matter was probably one of those linchpin things like hey yeah. w- they knew where they were going when they designed the HomePod Mini. They put the sensors in there. And I do, you know, kudos where it's due. That does allow them to bring a feature to a fleet of existing purchases people made instead of launching yep. this with a new HomePod Mini alongside it that says, hey, if you really want to take advantage of these features, go buy new ones. Because I'll tell you, I would be quite irritated if I had to replace a house worth of home HomePod Minis yep. to get those th- those features in place. So, because that is, that is not only Apple's, mo that's the industry that's the industry's mo going back to nest nest is going to make me go out and buy a new thermostat if i want to bring it to matter they need to show me the technical specification of why they can't do that with the one i bought nine months ago yeah so um so that was just very interesting to get that announcement on the back end of you know a one two three punch on the mac side of things yeah and then the next day completely unexpected announcements yeah right and then wrapped up in all that were some pretty dramatic software announcements that came alongside the HomePod uh, announcement because um, the 16.3 update for those devices, again, not just for these new ones, but for the old ones as well, bringing some pretty appreciable changes to all things, you know, SIRI, not to set off everyone's uh, right, yeah, uh, home not, setups. Yeah. Don't wait the Apple Assistant, the Apple Assistant, um, you know, changing, you know, the that assistant will no longer, oh, well, okay, here's a meaningful one for me. You can make it so that if you tell it, her, whatever, to turn off your lights, it will just do it. It will not tell you all the lights that it turned off. It will not tell you necessarily right. all the lights it didn't turn off. It can just beep, beep at you and life moves on. I didn't need to hear, like the verbosity, the verbosity, I guess the, would be the word of the response, not necessary. And actually one of the yes. things I really liked about HomeKit to date was it was always less chatty on the average than some of the other platforms I used yes, in the past. Yep. And I've seen that kind of creep up in more recent months and, you know, the, the last year for sure. Um, just information I didn't need. I just want some kind of acknowledgement that it did the thing. And by the way, if I tell it to turn the lights on and the lights turned on, that was pretty much the acknowledgement that I needed. My yeah. eyes told me that you did the thing. <laughs> um, I can I'm good. Visibly see what I asked you to do and whether uh, it happened I, or not. Yeah, that's right. I can tell if ACDC is playing on my sound system. If I said play ACDC on my sound system, I didn't need you competing with the sound system to tell me that Back in Black is playing. Right. So yeah. I digress. And um, and yes, so I, and I so and that is not just an Apple thing for sure. Like you said, I I, oh, yeah. I I'm I'm in the process of moving over to the home pods in my house, so, yep. but I still have um echoes everywhere in here. And right. it does that when I, you know, you know, please please turn on the living living room light. And then it's like being turned on the living room light. And I'm like, no kidding. It's on, you know, it's like every time we do it. that. Yeah. Yes. So. The, the, the dance as it were. So, I mean, again, it's not, not all about, you know, frankly, 
the assistant hushing a little bit. Um, there were some other meaningful features. I, I was reading a couple articles, um, one from The Verge. I think another one might have been Mac Rumors or one of those outlets um, talking about um, – and the 16.3 beta, I should say, is out there now. The full release will come soon enough. Um, one that really piqued my interest was the ability to create automations on a schedule verbally. So mm. instead of having to go in there and mess around with the home app or Siri shortcuts or all these other things, the simple ability to say, hey, assistant, please set up, you know, please, if you have a compatible thermostat, for example, um, you know, set my temperature to 71 degrees every morning at 6 a.m. or whatever have you, yep. or yeah. lock the doors, turn off, like you can set up these timed automations verbally. That's actually pretty meaningful from a use case perspective to be, able, to be able to just tell the computer what you want it to do, when and how often. And it programs because, itself, yeah. Right, like we do this for a living and there are times where I want to chuck my device across the room because trying yep. to program in that logic and yes, don't email me. I know I'm not actually programming. I'm tapping a screen yes. saying yeah. do this, but I still want to captain Kirk style walk into the room and say, Computer. gosh, dog, it, yeah. do this every day at this time go. And if that works with any kind of frequency, yes, there will be bugs. Yes. It will mishear me. Yes. It will get it wrong. But if the, overwhelming averages that just works that's exciting to me i i yeah. see myself using those automation features tenfold more often because i can just come up with the idea say it and have it be implemented that's really really cool yeah so the other the other thing that i saw in this launch and it and again it came out with 16.2 for the first time but they're they're refining it in 16.3 already and this is the security guy in me that i'm just going to go out here and do the you know and tell everybody go in go through the setup and get advanced data protection set up on your device. Right. It's meaningful. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It, it's some, it's something that you can do to protect your data. That's in iCloud. That means all of your pictures, all of your, you know, documents, anything that you save in iCloud will all be encrypted. Like all everything will all yep. be encrypted from end to end on your device and on the cloud which means if somebody gets a hold of your iPhone, they they would have to know your passcodes or have your fingerprint or whatever to be able to unlock your phone. They Even if they were able to forcibly get into your phone, that data would still be encrypted with a key that they do not have. Yep. And and that's meaningful for your for the safety of your data. So I agree. Do that. Yeah, uh, and it's very yeah. easy. You have to you can set up a con a recovery contact for the key. You know, just pick somebody that you know and trust, and then it's also going to give you a really long string of gobbledygook characters that you that you save somewhere safe. I I physically printed it out and put it in a firebox in my house so that I right. have it in case I need to recover it. And once you do that, then your data is protected, and you can sleep a little easier. That if somebody gets a hold of your phone or gets into an account or whatever, they would need that giant code to be able to get in and, and decrypt your data. So no, and that, and that is you use the right word, and we use it a lot here. That is meaningful in some really really powerful ways. You know, we we talk all the time. We get it. Apple is amongst the biggest tech brands in the world. These biggest tech brands in the world, again, yay capitalism. Want want our money, and that is all fine and good. But one thing I do genuinely believe, and there's both legitimate and salesy reasons why they do this. Um, I believe that Apple's approach to security and privacy, not perfect but continues to stand out amongst its most it's, direct competition. Yes, it's in some not, very, it's very not perfect, ways. but it's industry leading. So yes, especially in that personal space. Yes. Um, for, for 
Joe Public who just wants to keep their data and their information safe. There, there is no, there are no other suite of solutions that I found that are more turnkey. Again, I can hand it to my mom and just say, here, use this. And I can walk away knowing that her critical information is most directly safe and, you know, not being mined for marketing information and, 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 and again, I'm not, this is not a Apple is a perfect company. My God, not by a long shot, but I do truly believe that their stance on security and privacy, you said it well, is currently industry leading. Um, And it's something I would like to see more companies take with that level of intentionality because we are placing a huge amount of trust in them. Yes. Not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. Yeah, Do it. Give me the features. Give me the functionality to protect myself. Yep. So... Here we started talking about laptops and ended up yep. talking about you know all roads lead back to keeping yourself safe. So yep. um, on that sometimes repetitive but so very important bombshell, <laughs> I think that's where we will uh, wrap it up for this week. Anything you want to uh, tie in there at the end? No, just uh, if you like like you said earlier, if you're sitting on an Intel Mac, go go do yourself a favor and and blow your mind by getting one of these M2 Macs because you'll uh, you'll realize what you've been missing when you go to something like that. It's it's even at the entry level better. Yeah, and and to bookend it there too, I was serious before. Also, if you are especially coming from an Intel Mac or just an Intel computer in yep. general, and the Mac is something you've wanted to try out, even um, look for those M1 devices that are oh, being yeah. quote They're unquote still sunset. Great They're great devices. You can they, they can be had for an absolute steal of a bargain. A lot of places and sidestep that Apple tax we like to poke fun at, and um, just these are game changing experiences from a, if a, if a, if using a computer as part of your daily life or even your work life for that performance, getting back whole minutes here and there that actually do add up into meaningful amounts of time. Um, these are experiences that are out there and you're know, readily out there now as this product line continues to mature and we enter you know, fully into its second generation. And like we're talking yeah. about the iMac, the third one's really just around the corner. Yeah, it is. All right. Well on that, we will wrap it up for this week and catch you next time. Later. Thank you.